Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. Stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening to the same You could never understand It is curious that with the advent of the automobile and the aeroplane, the bicycle is still with us. Perhaps people like the world they can see from a bike or the air they breathe when they're out on a bike. Or they like the bicycle's simplicity and the precision with which it is made. Or because they like the feeling of being able to hurtle through air one minute and saunter through a park the next without leaving behind clouds of choking exhaust, without leaving behind so much as a footstep. Take a breath, bring the cadence down, sit up a little bit. You're listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show here on Radical Radio 3CR. Listening on the old transistor in the kitchen on 855 on the AM dial, podcasting or streaming. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. Many thanks to them as well. Good morning, Faith. We're in for a big show we're in for a big show today. It's actually more people we've had in the studio for <laughs> two years, I think it is. And a lovely early spring, post-international wattle day, everything is just jump. Good morning, Val. <laughs> Sun's out. There we go. And we're joined by oh, Jesse and Sarah. What are we calling you? The Endurance... <laughs> Jesse and Sarah's good. <laughs> yes, 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 Sarah. Sorry, I've got that written down here. Actually, um, welcome back. Thank um, you. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah. Great to always have uh, some real cyclist on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who can push it to the limit. Um, it, great morning out this morning. So let's get on with the show. We're going to be discussing how do you ride long distance? What's going on in Australia at the moment? Race to the Rock how this endurance riding has grown in the last five years internationally, just one race after another. But first off, I suppose we should tick off with the bicycle moment, Faith. 
a bike moment. The um, I guess my most recent bike moment was on Saturday when I was uh, hiking up Mount Bogong, up the Estelle Spur, and wishing I'd gone for a bike ride instead. <laughs> that was pretty much it. <laughs> you see more from a bicycle than you do walking. Uh, you all it's so steep in parts. It, all you see is the, the steps immediately in front of you. <laughs> it's, the, it's coming down, there's better views, but it's also, yeah, quite steep. Oh, it would have been lovely in the country, though. Oh, it was gorgeous, yeah. yeah. Sarah, you got something to share with us? Bike moment? I completely forgot about this. <laughs> and I didn't remind you, sorry. No, so, no, uh, put on the spot. Um, I'm just loving the fact that I can wear a T-shirt outside again on the bike. So it's kind of nice to be coming out of that gloomy weather. So a lot of riding the last couple of weekends, so they're kind of my highlights to be yeah. back, out, back out doing long rides. Nice. Longer days. Yeah. More daylight. Absolutely. It's been a, and it's been a quick change. We've just thrown the switch. Usually we get, you know, 10 days or so yeah. ease into it. But we had some lovely days of 18, a little cold snap, and now we're back. We didn't get daffodils. time to ease into the cold. Hey? <laughs> we didn't get time to ease into the cold either. It was no. like a quick no. switch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go before you, Jess, because, look, I'm, I have a couple of sort of routine walks that I do. One of them's up the Yarra River over the Walmer Street Bridge, and used to be one of uh, and one of my other regular rides was my commute to work, and I run into Sarah all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm usually walking the dog. Little Hugo and I are sitting there. But whether we're halfway up the Warmer Street Hill, which we do every now and then, or I am walking to lunch on Wellington Street the other day. Thursday, it I must have you. been yeah. one o'clock, <laughs> and one of my companions mm. said, "God, oh, look at this person knows how to ride." <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Morning, Sarah. Morning, Val. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You really you sometimes just keep running into the same you do. people. Yeah. It's quite. I know we're sort of. You used to work down at Victoria Gardens, or still do? I, I think. Yeah, I'm still in the area, Curves yeah. in Abbotsford. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's lovely along that trail at the it moment. It is. It's there, a nice way uh, to start the day. Yeah, wattles and blackwoods out everywhere. Young birds nesting, the whole lot. Jesse coming over a hill and seeing starlight or a bike moment. Oh, nothing, nothing so um, poetic this morning. I think just the just the fact that we're escaping the gloom of winter. There's nothing better than just riding in this morning. Um, yeah. You know, the, those shoulder seasons, spring and autumn are just lovely here yeah. in here in Melbourne. So the blue skies, cool breeze, um, it's hard to beat having come out of the, the gloom of winter. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and a little bit of news. We got any news? No. No? No, I uh, thought um, we'd... <laughs> well, the whole show. No. well, I mean, my Short news segment. was going to be about Race from the Rocks. Yep. So then I thought, yeah, we can just... Uh... I just... Um, just I find it hard to find a bit of news on the Warmer Street Bridge, actually. It's going to be closed mm. for six to eight months. So, yep. so a year. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> good. And they're completely changing that um, uh, queue side of it. So mm. taking away the steep slope, widening mm. it. Obviously, going to do a fair bit of work there. Mm. So, um, very few bikes on the Yarra Trail at the moment, as, yeah. as of such. But so, uh, that's a fair way away. So, it's a bridge so famous they named a handlebar after it. <laughs> I believe. 
<laughs> that, that's very true. But are the handlebars wider than the bridge? Oh, look. Yeah, that, that was part Not of the name. Not the new bridge. When I was yeah. testing, <laughs> testing, a, testing a prototype, yeah, yeah. riding into curve, I'd always um, be riding towards the Walmart Street Bridge and think, oh, no, oh. I've got these bars on. I'll have to take a different way. So I had to head over to the Gipps Street Bridge, which was a little bit wider. So, yeah, those wide bars are forever linked with that bridge. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they could... won't be changing the Heritage Bridge. So. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So, yes, it would still be just as hard as ever to squeeze through those silly bars. <laughs> Ooh, they do come in there at a rapid rate. Oh, they rate do. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Oh, very spooky. I always mm. slow down yeah. and unclip. Uh, um, race to the rock. But we're not going to the rock this year. No, no. it's race from the rocks. Yeah, yeah that's right. So maybe um, just before we get into this year's event, in case there's people listening who don't know about Race to the Rock, maybe fill everyone in on the, what it is. And yeah, sure. Um, it's, a, it's a race that, that I put together. Um, the idea was we'd start in different places around Australia and finish it at Uluru. And uh, so we kicked that off in 2016. Um, and back then, if you were out doing remote Australian touring... Um, you'd rarely see anyone out there and you definitely wouldn't see any Aussies. You'd usually see some crazy Germans. folks from Japan or Germans. <laughs> They're always the same, um, but never any Aussies. So, and, and you start to look around and, it, uh, and look at things like crazy guy on a bike and all that sort of thing. And it just seemed that this, if you were going to head into remote areas of Australia, you'd better carry a, you'd better have a water tank, a truck following you and all this <laughs> sort of thing. So it didn't look very accessible. So, um, but Australia's got its own beautiful character, for me, Australia isn't about, you know, mountain ranges. It's about this wide expanse in, in um, central Australia. And um, and so trying to tackle that on a bike was, was something that was really interesting to me. And so having done uh, races elsewhere in the world, um, I thought it would be it would be really good to try to do something in Australia. And for me, that's what, that's what Australia is. So each year, the route has started in different locations. So in 2016, we started in Adelaide, um, finishing in Uluru. Uh, 2017, we started in Albany. Um, started with the Mundabidi Trail and then headed inland from there. Um, and then 2018, we started in Tasmania, Cockle yeah. Creek, the <laughs> southernmost road in, in Australia. So obviously riders had to try to get across to the, the Bass Strait to, to, where, to <laughs> Melbourne where the route picked up. So we've started in different locations around Australia and, and um, ha- we had a little break with COVID and we thought, oh, we'll try to do something different, um, make it a little bit more accessible at the at the end point as well. We've been finished up in Uluru a number of times, so we thought, okay, we'll do Sydney to Adelaide. Um, so starting at the rocks pretty much in yeah. Sydney. So we've been calling this race from the rocks. So that wasn't my idea. It was some other, <laughs> someone else in the, in the scene, but I thought mm. it was a really, really good idea. Mm. So um, yeah, and the race kicked off. Race from the Rocks kicked off on Saturday Saturday morning. So we're into into the third day now. So. Jesse, how many people signed up for this year's? Well, there was I think there's 46 in total, which is um, a little bit frightening. I usually <laughs> actively <laughs> discourage people from doing it. Um, and the, the reason for it, I, I love to make these things accessible, but when there's a race on, I think these things are becoming increasingly popular, trendy. Yeah. And the worry is that that um, you can sell these things to people rather than them find it and do them because they really want to do it. Yeah. Um, and so that's a real worry for me, particularly mm. when you're taking, you're sending people into remote areas, yeah. large gaps between services. 
I don't want them to be sold on pretty pictures and all that sort of thing. I want them to see all the warnings, see the ridiculous disclaimers that I put up and then go, no, no, I, I want to do that. Yeah. I still want to be out there and experience that. And have the experience to understand what it means, what's involved, mm. like not just sort of think, oh, yeah, if all these other people are doing it, it must be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's a fine balance between trying to make things accessible, which I really want to do, um, but also overselling it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then people will could find themselves in in a spot of bother out out there in remote areas. But I think we've managed to find the right balance. The race has been going on for a number of years now, and it's been fantastic to see how how it has opened up this this sort of touring quite a bit in its own small way. Um, there's nothing more satisfying to me when someone gets back in touch um, and says, "Oh, I rode the 2016 course." A good friend of ours, Claire Stephen, she's out there mm. just just finished the 2016 course um, yesterday. Finishing at, at Uluru, um, so it's fantastic. And seeing the race two years ago when we started again from Adelaide, um, a group of um, fantastic adventurous women, well in their their mid forties or forty forties or so, um, early forties. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting the, getting the numbers wrong. But they they'd never really done any bike packing per se. But they the 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 sort of work that people like Sarah have done and and all the experiences that they've had. Um, have really opened it up. So these these fantastic women decided, you know what, I'm going to go out there and do it as as their first sort of bikepacking yeah. mission. So yeah. they they knew they knew what to do. They were um, while they didn't have um, you know a lot of experience in those areas, they went out and and did it. So it's fantastic. Whether um, and I'm not just um, focusing on on these women. It's great to see young people, old people. All sorts of walks of life coming in, just yeah. going, no having demographic. a go. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's right. Yeah, it's, it can be mm. any age, any yeah. gender, mm. any background. It's Has yeah. the gender split changed much in the last five years? <clears throat> There's oh. definitely more women doing these races. We only had two sign up this year, and unfortunately, Sue pulled out on, she didn't pull out by choice. Uh, she had a mechanical with her, her dyno, so we i only got one left this year, but there's definitely more women racing yeah. these events mm. and there's more women winning these events yeah. too. So there's been mm. quite a few in international events that have yeah. taken wins in the last few years. So um, it's growing, um, but like anything, it takes time and can take nurturing and yeah. you know positive people that can kind of motivate other women to kind of join ranks. Um, it would have been nice to see more more enlisted yeah. this year but um yeah well the visibility is really important like yeah, absolutely you know and when people if they're thinking of doing it like you're talking about as a, a tour not during the race itself it's when you go looking and and you know i guess people are finding accounts from people who've done the race or done it and uh you know it's when people start seeing amongst those accounts ones mm. written by women um that you know, it's like, oh well, okay, I could do that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, we, there's a there's a wealth of knowledge that comes from from doing these races, and that's kind of why I wanted to put on races because there's all this this IP that comes out of it, just in terms of well, one, it's doable. People yep. have done it, so that means you know maybe I can do it too. Um, but information about what's out there as well in terms of services and 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 so on um, yeah. so these that, spreadsheets yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah but look to be honest i haven't done a great job of making that all all accessible um just hasn't I haven't had the time over the years to really just put it together into one resource it's something that we'd really like to do just to make it a lot easier at the moment you have to go and 
try to find that information, um, yeah. whereas it would be great to just have a, a, a nice resource. We've got some fantastic courses there now that, yeah. that people do actually find and do tour quite regularly, um, but it would be great to need to do some, some more work to try to make that a little bit more accessible and make it easier for people to find. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so if we get to this year's event, um, mm. well, we've got the entree and then the long course. Who's who's choosing what there? So there was thirty three people signed up for the main. Yeah. And I think it was thirteen. Thirteen. For the entree. Which so, is yeah. surprising, isn't it? I always thought mm. with the shorter course there might be, you know, people who'd be interested to dip their toe in a little bit. Yeah. But it seems mm. that every, each time we we put on these things with an entree, a shorter course version, <clears throat> people are more interested in the long course. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, it's It can change when they get to the end of the short course. Yes. yes. <laughs> There's a few that kind of go, oh, you know what, that's good enough. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so the entree this year finishes in orange? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So it finishes in orange. Um, it's about six, just over 600 kilometres to get to orange, depending on which option you choose. Um, yeah. So I've given yeah. uh, riders a choice of two options. Um, the, there's been a huge amount of water um, in New South Wales, a lot of rainfall. New South Wales is sodden at the moment, and there's still more rain coming. coming. Um, yeah. And so, which is which is great after years and years of drought in a lot of parts of New South Wales. So, uh, however, um, there aren't too many ways to get across the Macquarie River, and um, so <laughs> giving giving riders an option. A pre-selected option rather than, to, than having to work it out on the fly is something I wanted to do. Um, so they had the option of, of, of two, two courses. So one is uh, one's a little bit shorter but involves fording the Macquarie at a place called Root Hog Road um, at the bottom of, uh, of the descent at Hawkins Hill out of Hillcrest. So, and that, the, waters, the Macquarie runs quite fast and it'll be quite deep. Um, Sarah and I crossed at another point a couple of years ago when we were wrecking well, last year. Yeah, last, last year. year when we were wrecking yeah. it and it was sort of at kind of at the upper limit of what we were comfortable with That's probably. Thigh high for yeah. Me. Yeah. It's just um, the, the current yeah. more than the yeah. depth and what you're standing on. The volume mm. of water yeah. coming yeah. down. Yeah. And so there's another option which avoids a ford a fording of the Macquarie altogether, which is about thirty kilometers longer. Um, which works out well. You can either take a bit of a risk, have a shorter shorter oh, yep. way through, or take the longer course yep. around. So it's about six just over six hundred Ks. It's getting the uh, bike across, it's more challenging. And your bags. Yeah. yeah. And your bag yeah. and protecting stuff on your bikes. So yeah. So to electronics, all that mm. kind of stuff. I'll be very surprised if anyone takes the Root Hog Road option with the Ford of the uh, Macquarie after all the rain. Stephen had. hinted at it last night. Mm. He said he was possibly taking the water. Uh huh. So we'll find out very soon. And it makes a big we'll difference, see. those things, like particularly height and mm. arm length. Mm. Yeah. Like you can hold things higher. You, you, like I just noticed riding with people who are taller than me, you know, <laughs> that, that wall of water is, is hitting my it's centre of awesome. gravity, yeah. whereas it's just up above their knees. Mm. Like, mm. And if you're holding something that weighs a bit, then it just takes you out. With mm. oh, it's so tough. And it's, yeah. I was, when I first saw the route, I thought, this is really mean. Jesse's making them do a loop. <laughs> No, no. Uh, it's it's even meaner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did something similar a couple of years ago when roads through the Coombaluma National Park were shut. So uh, mm. it was quite remote in there. If anyone had any trouble, it would be difficult for them to get out. Um, so I gave them an option to take a, a longer and, um, I guess, slightly more accessible route along Gunnawara Road. But um, And it did it, split. It was a good split between yeah. both routes yeah. where people felt more comfortable. 
So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, so find yeah, out today yeah, with Sarah a couple of riders. Mentioned, yeah, a couple mm. of riders might be intending to risk uh, the crossing, yeah. um, and that'll save them 30 kilometres. Yep. Um, but yeah, others might take the safe option, uh, which is slightly more paved roads, but 30 kilometres longer, yeah. Um, yeah. which is probably probably ends up being a couple of hours um, at, at the pace that riders are, are riding fully loaded and so on so. what do you think the uh, what do you think the, the fir- first or finishing time was uh, we were estimating probably six to seven days depending what happens with the weather beyond orange because past orange you're dealing with a lot more of the dry weather roads yep. and if they do get some rain which is forecast yeah it could make very, very slow slight. travel time. Yeah. So you either pick through it or you maybe wait, yeah. wait until it dries out for a day. But, yeah, it could change everything. Yeah, so, yeah it is but, interesting. It's like a, it's almost like a law of nature that the winners of these races seem to do just over 300 kilometres a day. And it seems that the they're long... End, they're, you know? Yeah, at the point yet. Yeah. 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 It just seems that the weather, wind, um, mechanicals, all these sort of things seem to conspire together to make that... Yeah, a roundabout um, par for yeah. yeah for for the course. So, um, but yeah, that's at the pointy end. But as Sarah says, it can get blown yeah. apart by weather, and yeah, who knows what will happen. Just one thing you said before: you reconnoiter all these routes. You, yeah, 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 you, you're to. not going to put somebody yeah. on a trail that, that no, you haven't ridden or scouted. Yeah. He puts me through it. <laughs> We've done plenty well, of rides. Work, yeah, yeah. You get to get to the end of a road and it says, you know, private property, and it's like, okay, <laughs> okay. we're going to ride hundred k back now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's um it's easy enough to draw a line on a map. Oh, but, nice. but yeah, yeah, is, yeah. If you, uh, I've over the years, I've really loved route planning, and um, there's. I don't know. I'm a I'm a researcher by trade, so yeah. it's, there's a lot of desk-based research that you can use, a lot of different tools that you can bring into play, and then you have to go out and physically <laughs> test it. And then once you've worked it out and figured the way out, it's like you're inviting all your mates out to go and ride it. So yeah. Yeah. it's almost like the you know a bit of a celebration of of pulling that sort of thing together. So yeah, I really um, really want to make sure that you don't. Um, put put anyone into a, mm. a difficult spot you know there'll be situations out there where it's it's difficult to work out whether things are private property or not there'll be yeah. things that aren't private property but people have claimed um, mm-hmm. but either way you don't want you don't want anyone out there having having any any issues like that to deal with so it's kind of like designing a roller coaster <laughs> tension <laughs> yeah, yeah, tension and release a false so, sense of relaxation yeah, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden you turn the corner and oh yeah. here it is and, and also trying to experience the the, the nature of the country too so that yeah. the the riding out of sydney that the riders have experienced over the first section of the course it's terrible it's very rugged um, yeah. but there Half are day one. there are far yeah. more rugged ways to i could it. have picked to to take the way through and it, it reminds me of school uh back at school and that we were learning about how long it took um the first white folks to make their way over the great uh, over the continental yeah, divide yeah. or over our great dividing range um, and when you try to plot a bike route out, you realise that yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. you're either faced with sheer rock walls or um, the sections that clear pass through are usually busy roads because there's there's no other way to well, get through. through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the nature of t- the terrain di- dictates the difficulty, and obviously we're trying to keep people off main roads and and take them along popular cycling routes and, yeah. and things like that. So it's a bit of a showcase, but it yeah. can get challenging when the weather turns ugly, yeah. as the riders have seen. Mm. So. People can watch on Map My Progress. Yeah, so it's Ma- Map um, Progress. Map yeah, Progress. Map <laughs> Progress, yeah. yeah. Um, and who, who are the riders who are keeping it 
really interesting. I mean, I know everyone's keeping it interesting. Oh, they're but... all keeping it interesting. <laughs> Some of the better stories are at the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the after probably the first three days, you'll start to see the race kind of form, like who's going to be sitting at the front. And yeah. at the moment, it's a bit of a battle between uh, Stephen Lane, uh, David Langley, and Sasha. I forgot Dow. Sasha. Dow. Dow. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so Sasha is still in front. By the looks of it, um, Sasha is the only women rider that we have this year. Um, Stephen Lane, um, a number of people probably know Stephen. He's uh, more a short distance, fast over shorter distance time trial champion. Mm-hmm. So um, Stephen's won a lot of shorter events. So this is going to be very interesting to see how he does in a longer format race. Uh, Sasha's done uh, lots of lots of bikepacking races already. She's from WA, so she's uh, uh, done the Mundabidi and a few of the other longest yeah. longer roads. And David is uh, two times Tour Divide rider and finisher. Uh, yeah. So we were doing some digging last night into David's background, and I was like, oh, well, no, this guy knows what mm-hmm. he's doing. Yeah. So, and uh, even, again, like I was saying before with demographic, between age as well. So David's David's 52, Stephen um, is 42, yeah. and Sasha's 40. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. again, um, it's, it's just interesting to see how different people ride. Yeah. It's, been a, it's been a really interesting start to the race. So Sasha... Definitely put her mark on the race early on. She didn't sleep the first night. No. She just rode straight no. through. She rode past the whole field um, through yeah. the night, and so it'll be interesting to see if she can hold it hold it together through the next few days. Um, she had her first first proper sleep break after mm-hmm. about thirty seven hours, I think. Yeah. So there's a group forming at the front. So with Sasha, who's really stamped their authority on it, she's leading at the moment. Um, Stephen Lane, gun time trial on the rider mm. on the road, who's dipping yeah. his toe into bike packing. He's experienced in short course events, and then but David Langley, yeah, yeah. But sleeping more. But then David Langley, who's got the experience in really long stuff. Um, mm. So they're they're sort of duking it out at the moment. They're all close together with about oh, I think about 190 k's to go until they get to Orange. So. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, we should see them pass through Orange um, maybe tonight at yeah. some point. Yeah. This is where some of the tactics start too with um, some of the faster riders need more sleep. Yeah. Whereas, uh, and, and this is, I speak from experience with this, yeah. that I'm not as fast as some of the men that I race against, but I can go without more sleep. More sleep. Uh, yeah. So this is where the tactical side can yeah. come in. So Sasha may be, may be sleeping less and pushing longer longer yeah. hauls, but um and not as fast but sometimes it's all you need yeah. to keep you in front yeah yeah so from, shorter breaks stuff yeah. like that as well um just from looking at it from the last couple of years uh, the bikes seem to be very <laughs> you know seem to be able to cop this abuse they the, i would have thought the more mechanicals i would have thought really when you look at the tour divide and all the big races they're you know, I know there would be mechanicals, but mm. there doesn't seem to be a problem with a lot of people. It's it's phenomenal. So modern bike construction yeah. is really remarkable. Early on, back in 2016, when I was talking to people about the first uh, the first route uh, and 2017, riding the Great Central Road, um, people were talking about breaking steel bikes back in the 90s when they were mm. riding these yeah. courses, and they were, they were saying, "Oh yeah, there's no way you guys will get through." Yeah. Um, but it just shows the how how tough these bikes are. You yeah. Know, these, these lightweight road bikes getting smashed to pieces on the, on things like, um, you know, 
the Prairie Bay and so yeah. on in Spring yeah. Classics. I mean, that shows what the abuse that these bikes can, yeah. can take. But I suppose this is this is another aspect of it. They're loaded up, yeah. um, getting carted through all sorts of stuff. But look, um, the consumables people wear through them. People I was going just through. about to say, yeah. there's still those yeah. the yeah, yeah. the brake pads. Yeah. Uh, so, People had to stop into bike shops to get more brake pads Brake-pad. on day one, and um, yeah. I think Simon Eglinton, one of the riders we know quite well, he's he's Carrying stocked up all with, of them. He's, he's stocked eight, up with another eight, eight pairs, pairs. Yeah. so if anyone needs yeah. them, yeah. just flag yeah. them down on course. Mm. <laughs> and look, I was reading it must be one of the trans-European races, and no flats, yeah. not a flat tire. So the tires have changed a bit. Oh. As People well. are using tubeless. Yeah, like, tubeless is mm. the way to go. It's yeah. um, it's just a no-brainer. I've never had a flat. In a single race that yeah, I've done, exactly even even when point, road yeah. races, I was putting sealant in tubes at one point. point but yeah, yeah, the bikes are just uh, the the wheel setup and the tire setup. It's just so much more yeah. durable now. It's yeah. a no brainer. Like yeah. you, you shouldn't be running tubes out there at yeah. all. Yeah. And if people want to catch up for themselves and, and start obsessively dot-watching, um, where can they find uh, details about what's happening, your live sessions and the tracking? <laughs> so we've got if, uh, Central Resource. There's a, a Facebook page called Race to the Rock, and uh, you can find all the information there. There's also a dot-watchers page, the Race to the Rock dot-watchers group. Um, so want to acknowledge those guys they've there's people out there taking photos of the riders and and uh you know trail angels out there will leave food and water for riders un, unexpectedly yeah. in in this um serendipitous form of support which is fantastic so but yeah the facebook page race the rock at, uh, on facebook is the way to go you'll find links to how to track the race there's a there's a map progress link there where each rider turns magically into a dot on a map and you can see where they are at any any point in time so uh yeah we do live update shows each night at seven o'clock to cover all the action from the day mm. oh cool it's an insight into our lounge room yeah. unfortunately. we couldn't even get the phone right last night we were actually filming sideways but you guys didn't know that so <laughs> <laughs> we're bike riders uh, yeah. 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 it's in yeah. the spirit of the event yeah that's right yeah. It's, uh, yeah. low budget <laughs> it's very low budget me it's making not a dinner in the thing. background yeah. Just... more people are doing it every year so it's working it is yeah. it's, it's working. so good yeah. Yeah. and I think post COVID, everyone's yeah. just looking for an adventure yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. So. even even as the dot watcher, just to be able to watch yeah. all that happening and it's uh, really yeah. yeah. And one of the, those dot watchers end up being participants at some stage. Yeah, a lot you know, too. I yeah. watch it. I'm sick of watching it. Mm. Yeah, why well, don't I dip my toe in? Just Get go gently. Couch. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> Get a whole new gravel bike and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's uh, definitely all we have time for today. Thanks very much for coming into the studio. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And uh, up next is Shebop. Shebop. <laughs> You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.